Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios in New York. They found a better way to mortgage so you can focus on making your new house home. Rocket Mortgage. Push button. Get mortgage. Get your Rocket Mortgage on, son. Sunday, it's another NFL on CBS doubleheader. First, Baltimore's MVP candidate Lamar Jackson takes the show on the road to Buffalo. Followed by a rematch last year's AFC Championship game with the Patriots. Welcome the Chiefs into Gillette. It all starts with the NFL today at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific on CBS. CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line 855-212-4227 is brought to you by Geico. Great news. You can save a bunch of money if you switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. Donovan Lewis is our buddy from Middays on the Ticket in Dallas. Great station, great host, back on the bench in the biggest way possible. Donovan, my man, happy holidays. Hey, same to you, man. How are you? Chilling. Hey, so uh, I know you guys are used to uh, Jerry and everything, and I've had a lot of uh, fans calling the show the last couple of days talking about he's crazy and everything else. And I'm just like, you know, this isn't ever going to end with this guy talking the way he does on the radio, on the the television, after games, uh, just endlessly just going on and on and ranting and raving and saying the things he says like about Garrett or talking about going to the Super Bowl and all this other stuff. Fact of the matter is it's not going to happen until he's long gone and then his son's going to run the franchise. So, I mean, at some point, do you guys on the air down there just say, you know, get used to it? Yeah, you kind of throw your hands up in frustration because no matter who you blame for the Cowboys underachieving, uh, whether it's the coaching staff, whether it's the players executing, you look at the top of the food chain, and that's not going to go away ever. So you have to just sit back and say, hey, man, it's been this way for a long, long time, and it's going to continue to be this way. And when you smell something rotten, you just kind of look in and open up the containers and start sniffing and seeing what this word smell is coming from. And it feels like the smell has been coming from up top this whole entire time. I don't know why we're looking in other containers when you open up that carton of milk and smell that spoiled milk that's been the same way forever. That's great. That is awesome. Hey, so, uh, I mean, what would you do if you were Garrett and this guy was saying these things about you? Like, wouldn't you just, like, go home to your wife and be like, I'm in hell? (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny you say that because you think about it, and this guy is at his dream job right now. Now, he's had his ups and downs. Now, granted, way more downs than ups. But there's nothing he's wanted more than to be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. And he's living his dream. And he has a boss that loves him to death, that doesn't want to get rid of him, that wants more than anything he wants to win with that guy at the helm. So I can see what you're saying. Yeah, he's kind of been held because, man, he has been uh, the puppet uh, you know, the puppet master's been uh, playing the strings of the puppet this whole entire time. But I mean, it's, 
sounds kind of bad, man, but he's used to it. And he's used to the owner and GM going on radio and going on TV and outside of the locker room speaking after the game before even the head coach. Like, I don't think there's another city in this league or a team in this league where the owner and the GM holds a press conference after the game or has radio and television shows. I don't think that happens. I don't think I can name another GM in the league other than Jerry Jones. But he, there he is. And his son, who's not the GM, he's just an executive vice president. He has a radio show also. This is crazy unique what's going on in Dallas. But he's been at the head of this thing for 10 years. So, hey, you know what? If you've seen it for so long, you kind of get used to it, and you kind of know what to expect. And I think that's why we get kind of robotic Jason Garrett around here. Like, he's almost trying to numb himself <laughs> because he knows what the heck is going on around here. And the only way he can survive and get through it without punching a wall or punching somebody <laughs> is to kind of just say what he says and have this Garrett speak that we're so used to that frustrates us. But what, what else can he say? The owner and GM says it all. So what is his uh, what is his son like? Because uh, I don't I don't know him from Adam, but I see him up there sitting next to him, and you know, just looking like oh my god. But what what is he gonna be like when he takes it over? Is he like his old man? Boy, you know, we always think that it's gonna be a little bit better if his son takes over because uh, we feel around here that uh, his son Stephen and Will McClay, the uh, director of player personnel, are the kind of common bosses in the room for Jerry, who wants to do rash and crazy things because he wants to see his team win so badly. Like, uh, he wanted to draft Johnny Manziel, and we all picture Jerry with the card just trying to get it to the podium with Stephen on one leg and Will McClay on the other trying to stop him from handing uh, – uh, Johnny Menzel's name in to avoid that disaster. So it's almost like we always say that the voices, the other voices in the room are getting a little louder, and Jerry's not the only, hey, fist down, what I say goes, and we're going to do it my way. It seems like that's kind of turned the corner a little bit, and they've made some really good uh, player personnel moves, draft-wise and all that, but we all think it'll be a little different if his son is in charge, if Jerry's no longer in charge. Man, I don't see it. I don't think the apple falls too far from the tree. <laughs> I think it'll be just kind of the same old, same old you have around here, whoever uh, in that family is in charge. But do the, like, uh, uh, you know, they made so much money. The franchise is worth so much money. Do uh, the fans uh, have a problem with the family, or are they just like, whatever, let's just drink beer and watch the Cowboys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think they have a problem with the world. You know, when the Cowboys are sucking, yeah, they have a problem with the family big time. Right. But I, I don't think that, well, there's not, I don't, there's not a, any thinking to it. There's nothing you can do about it. As a Cowboy fan, you can't have a vote and vote them out or anything like that. You're stuck. So if you're a huge fan of the Cowboys and you want the Cowboys to succeed, you know that it's going to be in the Jones family pretty much practically for our lifetimes. So that's one of those things where you have to say, hey, it is what it is. They're never getting rid of the team. It's going to be like this. You're just hoping and praying that they can find that success that they found early on in the ownership. But that's, dude, that's been 25 years. It's almost like you get tired of even dreaming about what was happening before, thinking that you can recapture that again. It's so far gone 
you have a whole generation of people that have no idea what it's like to have a championship here in Dallas. But yet and still, all the older fans are always talking about those Super Bowls you won in the 90s and Super Bowl in the 70s. Man, I don't know anything about that. I don't care. I don't win now, so what's the point? <laughs> so uh, Donovan Lewis with us from the ticket in Dallas. So tell me about um, – how you know where they are right now is I mean they're in Bunkville they've been so average so I mean they just got rolled by the Bills on Thanksgiving yeah. all I did was count Bills after that one because I took uh, the Bills in the spread and I I just think uh, they looked awful to me how how are they gonna like what are they gonna just wash it off and go to Chicago and win or or is it the same thing we're gonna see again this team is just so average it's not even funny i can't even believe they're a playoff team right now and that's the crazy thing about it and i think that's been the only saving grace for garrett this season i think you really normally don't have jerry jones coming out talking about coaching or talking about garrett like this if he isn't frustrated thinking he's built a team good enough to not be this average the only saving grace for garrett is that he's not three or four games behind a team in the nfc's this division is so bad that they can be average and still win it and be one of the 12 teams ready to make a run at the Super Bowl. That's the only thing that's saving them. But I, as far as the game, me personally, and I think I'm in the direct minority in this, I think the Cowboys are going to figure it out tomorrow night and have a really, really good game in Chicago. But I think I'm just being optimistic. Why would I ever just sit back and think, that things are going to be different when it's been just this way the whole time. But it's typical Cowboys, Pharrell, typical Cowboys to go out when you, when you're on your last rope, you've given up on this team. You're saying, you know what? I'm not going to even care anymore. It's typical of this team and this regime to go out and go on the road and dominate a team like Chicago and get a win and get everyone's hopes up again, (laughs) just to get smacked in the face again down the road. So that's why I don't have any statistical reasoning to tell you that they're going to go and uh, beat up on Chicago, but I just have a feeling that's going to happen because that's the roller coaster ride this team, this fan base has been on for a couple of decades around here. So is uh, Garrett toast? Uh, yes, I really do think so. Anything short of a conference championship game or a Super Bowl, I think 100% he's toast. And even if the conference championship happens and they don't make it to the Super Bowl, he kind of is halfway toast, kind of that light-skinned toast. Because (laughs) he's not going to come back for another year or two extension. If you sign him to another contract extension, it's going to be four or five years. And I don't think the people around here are ready to see Garrett around here for another four or five years. That would mean if he signed a five-year extension and he saw the end of that contract, he would have been the head coach of this team for 15 years. That is crazy to think about in this league without any playoff success. Like Carolina just fired Rivera. He made it to a Super Bowl and they got tired of that act. But yet still, Garrett still has this job. It's, Man, I don't put 100% of the blame on him at all as far as the fault around here. I think the player execution has something to do with it also. But, 
Boy, the only thing you can change to get a culture change around here is your coach. You can't fire the team. You're going to have to sign some of these players still to huge money, so you can't change that. The one thing you have control over is the coach and the coaching staff, and that's the one thing you can change to try to give everybody a kick in the pants around here. Donovan uh, Lewis with us. Uh, I have to ask you about uh, Doncic and Porzingis. Uh, they, I just love uh, – Doncic is my favorite player. I mean, I can't yeah. get enough of watching this guy fill it up. He's just so unbelievable the way he uses his body. Uh, you know, he's got like a little, you know, baby fat thing going. Or, you know, he just looks like he's got a little – he's drank a couple beers and, you know, he's had a couple of sandwiches. And he, But he's so long and, and his stroke – I mean, this guy can shoot 30-footers like they're free throws. And his step back is just sickening. His vision is ridiculous. The guy drops dimes like you drink orange juice. It's just right. unbelievable watching him play. And he certainly made everyone around him better, even uh, Zinger. Uh, what's it like to have that on your doorstep every night to watch? Yeah, man, to go from Dirk, that generational player, same franchise for all those years, to Luca, just right there, them playing one year together, and now he has the keys to the franchise. It's incredible, man. I, I, I'm with you. His vision to me is number one. It's amazing how he can get the ball, get the ball to his teammates ready to shoot and give them every opportunity to make that basket. But another thing that I love about him, Pharrell, he's never in a rush. You never see him panicking or anything like that. It's almost like, how can he get past this dude when it looks like he's going 65%? That's how good he is, and that's how good he's been. It is a joy sitting back watching him go from a good player and a surprise uh, uh, last year. We didn't realize how good he was going to be to flipping the switch to becoming a bona fide superstar in one year. Like, that's incredible. Yeah. I don't think we've seen that happen in the NBA in a long time. He is a bona fide superstar right now. And the NBA game, the way it's being played right that uh, right now, fits him like a glove. I mean, I love – I just love watching his games. I watch every one. I just can't get enough of it. I wish I lived there. Uh, I have to tell you, Dallas, uh, the stars – they're like a roller coaster right there out by the stadium with that Six Flags right there by, uh, you know, where the, uh, the the Rangers and Cowboys play. You know, because the Stars, you know, they're, they've dropped four in a row, but they had started like like they had, you know, the flu, right? They, they were like playing like they had the flu. And then they then they were the hottest team in hockey with the Islanders, and now they're losing again. But they've, they've actually won six of ten, but they've dropped four in a row. Who the hell are they? <laughs> you know, I think it's somewhere in the middle. They're not as bad as their start. I don't think they're as good as that run that they had. So it'll all even out. And I think that you'll have a, you know, a team that's going to compete for the division, have a chance to win it, will surely definitely make the playoffs. And if they get into the playoffs and they get hot with that really good goaltender that they have, then they'll be a force to be reckoned with. I, you know, those are the ebbs and the flows of the season. You know, you have some teams that kind of have a steady ship where you don't have any highs or really lows. They kind of, you know, work their way through. The Stars are just putting their fans, uh, yeah, like you said, going to Six Flags. We're riding the, uh, the the shock wave, just going around and up real slow and then down real fast and then up. It's, it's one of those things that I think will probably level off here toward the middle of the season. But uh, I, I think they'll be a really good team. Let me ask you lastly, uh, Don, I got to ask you about um... – the Rangers, are they going to sign Rendon? Boy, I sure hope so. They're opening that new stadium. 
I think they're going to have to put a really good product on the field to get to keep people interested. The stadium is going to bring people out because if you have air conditioned base baseball in Texas, people are going to look like Tim Robbins when he escaped in Shawshank. They're going to step into that stadium and just, <laughs> just, just soak in all the air conditioning. So that's going to be one thing, but they're going to have to put a good product on the field. And to do that, they're going to have to open up that wallet and spend some money. And yeah, he's top of the list. And that's one of the major needs around here. So you uh you know hey if you want to play with the big boys you got to get one of the big boys to play and he's one of them so hopefully they can get that deal done and get some star power around here and get some butts and seats yeah i think they're going to get him i really do uh so the mavs i think they uh they won tonight uh, 121 114 over the t-wolves uh Powell had a big game 24 5 and 4 donovan great stuff uh thanks so much for the uh talk about everything and the cowboys uh we'll see how they do tomorrow night uh, at soldier field against the bears have a great christmas dude and happy new year hey you too man all right there he is donovan lewis our buddy from middays on the ticket in dallas 855-2124-CBS hey mafia are they shooting more free throw you're listening to pharrell on the bench at 855-2124-CBS to get on the bench <laughs> how about seriously uh, last night we saw michigan state get bent over in in the breslin in east lansing right duke killed him and i mean i haven't seen izzo's team I mean, have you noticed they're losing all these games they play? Every big game they play, they lose. What a shame. Yeah. And then tonight, Roy Williams, North Carolina Tar Heels in this Big Ten ACC Challenge are just absolutely taking it in the garage. From Look at the fans. Look at them leaving. Look they're at them leaving. pouring out of the Dean Four Dome. minutes left in the game, walking out. They're down 21. They're getting smacked by Ohio State in Chapel Hill. Have you ever seen Roy Williams lose a game by 20 at home by, to anyone? Duke doesn't even beat them by 21 there ever. Because those games are usually tight. But I've never seen a, a, a Big Ten team go in there and whack them. I mean, they are – they just look terrible. And they were six and one going into this game. And didn't uh, didn't Michigan run them out of the gym in uh, Atlantis? That's where they beat them. That's where uh, yeah Michigan got even with them. They beat them seventy three sixty four at Atlantis. Then they turned around and beat Oregon by four. But tonight they got smoked. I mean this game's over. It's even worse now. It's seventy one forty eight. They are, ki- ki- I mean, just killing them. Can you even believe that? When have you ever seen Tom Izzo and Roy Williams having people park cars in their garage uh, on their home floor before ever? Seriously, like just killing them. I mean, Duke wiped them out last night. If you ask me, 87-75, you lose by 12 to Duke at home, you got whacked. And then tonight, to see North Carolina losing like this, to me, is just craziness. Now, I know uh, Greg Anthony's kid's having a decent game, 15 points, but it doesn't matter when you lose. I've never seen him look like this at home. I don't remember ever seeing a North Carolina team coached by Roy Williams look this bad. I mean... And I I saw the Michigan game, too. I didn't think they looked good that night, either. I thought they looked terrible. 
And they look worse tonight. It's crazy. I mean, I'm sure they'll recover and play in the Elite Eight. <laughs> but, you know, you wonder about all these early season big games, these ACC Big Ten Challenge, the, you know, the holiday tournaments, Atlantis, Maui, all these big, you know, shows they put on for the public of these massive matchups early in the season. They're great for the fans, great for the viewers. Uh, no doubt, great for the ratings and television and everything else. But at the end of the day, if you play in them and get whacked, what does it do for you? Now, I said last night, if Michigan State loses these big games early in the season, which they've lost multiple big games already, that uh, in my opinion they have. So, like, you're telling me, I mean, they're they're 5-3, and three, and they're only 2-1 and one at home at the Breslin. They lose last night. They've already lost. They lost to Virginia Tech. They lost to Duke. They lost to Kentucky. They got lucky against Seton Hall. Remember that game? Seton Hall Hall blew that game. And they had a a drive down like less than 30 seconds left. That should have been a foul call. They let it go, and the Michigan State holds on for the win. They barely beat Georgia and UCLA. I mean, UCLA, they handled uh, better than Georgia. But uh, last night, they lose. So – you know, that's the question. Why Why are they losing to all these teams? Why are they playing in all these big games and losing every game? They're, every big game they play, they lose. I don't consider the game against Georgia a big game. And frankly, the days of UCLA mattering in college basketball have long since passed, haven't they? So, but Virginia Tech, Buzz has got a good team there. They're tough. Seton Hall's tough, but they can never get over that uh, final uh, peak of the mountain, you know what I mean? They're they're always climbing the mountain, Seton Hall, but they can never get to the top. And then uh, Kentucky's always good, and they kick their ass. I don't know. Is all of the because I've always said if you play all these big games early, that late in the season it's going to pay off when you kick everyone's ass. That's good. You play them twice, you play them again, you play all these big games. Eventually, you're going to get something out of it. You're going to be better than everybody else at the end of the day. Because they got a bunch of games, you know, once the Big Ten schedule starts, you know, they'll rough up Rutgers first. They play them next, Michigan State, then at Northwestern. Then they have a couple of candy-ass games with Eastern Michigan and Western Michigan. Then Illinois, Michigan, Minnesota, Purdue, and et cetera, the rest of the Big Ten uh, conference season. I told you before, they'll end up winning the Big Ten. But I don't know the way Michigan's playing. You know, I mean, let's face facts. There's, you know, Maryland, Indiana, Ohio State, and Michigan, Penn State are all... Even Illinois, even Rutgers has a better record than Michigan State. At what point do people start saying, what is going on with Tom Izzo's Spartans? They were preseason number one, and they flat out suck. Do they not? I mean, they are just not getting it done at all. I mean, they're at the bottom of, literally toward the bottom. They're in the lower half of the Big Ten right now. Now, I know they haven't played Big Ten games and everything, but you understand, they're losing all these games they better turn it around because right now, uh, all these teams, Maryland, Indiana, Ohio State, Michigan, uh, frankly, and Penn State, I'm not worried about Penn State at this point. You can quote me on that too. Illinois, Iowa, I'm not really worried about those teams. But you you better be worried about Maryland. And Indiana's playing good basketball. I was surprised that they uh, beat Florida State the way they did last night. You're listening to Pharrell on the bench. All right, so uh, four weeks left in pro football. All my football picks are posted for this week. All the uh, championship games, 
in college football. All the pain day pro picks are up. They're all posted at PharrellOnTheBench.com. You get everything every day. NBA, college rack, NHL, MMA, boxing, every big fight. You get it all. PharrellOnTheBench.com, an incredible price. Everyone loves it. Uh, even better results. They speak for themselves. Fans calling in, you hear them every night. PharrellOnTheBench.com, sign up today. Hide the money from your wife. What happened, Carver High, out in the Bay Area with the uh, Niners radio analyst, Tim Ryan, having a bad day? What? I mean, not you, a good day for you, him. You can't ignore it, right? You, like, if I sit here and ignore it, like, I mean, is that not a story in itself? He went on, uh, what did he, he went on, is that what he did? He went on the radio and, uh, and started talking about Lamar Jackson and that is... He said allegedly that his dark skin helps him disguise a football, uh, a dark football when uh, running fake handoffs in Baltimore's zone read heavy offense, and then they suspended him. Right, the Niners will not. Uh, he will not broadcast their game against the Saints while serving the suspension. They released a statement on the matter uh, tonight in Florida, where they've been at the IMG Academy in Bradenton preparing to play the Saints. And they said they're disappointed in Tim Ryan's comments this week and have suspended him for the upcoming game. We hold Tim to a high standard as a, a rep of our organization. He must be more thoughtful with his words. Tim has expressed remorse in a public statement and also done so uh, privately. We know Tim is a man of high integrity and are confident he will grow and learn from this experience. He made the comments on uh, KNBR, where I used to work, in uh, San Francisco. I've been on the air there for many years. And uh, if I said that, I'd been fired, right? He says it, and they give him a day off. Let's just get real here for a second, right? Am I wrong? I mean, if I said that on KNBR, they would have fired me that day. First of all, they hated me when I was there because I was so crazy and uh, so much better than everybody. (laughs) Let's face facts. And they didn't know what to think of me as I kicked everyone's ass and was number one there in five minutes. It took me five minutes to own that down on radio and television, sports channel. No one can even argue it. Say whatever you want about me. I own San Francisco. Boom. That was that. That took five minutes to be king there. If I would have said that about Lamar Jackson or any football player about the color of their skin, they would have fired me so fast your head would spin, right? This guy gets a day off. I love how certain people get away with it. It's the same thing with Barkley. This guy can say whatever he wants. Nothing ever happens to him. You know what I mean? I say it. I'm fired as sure as I'm sitting here. Don't even tell me I'm wrong either. He said he's really good at that fake, Lamar, when you consider his dark skin color with the dark football, with the dark uniform. You cannot see that thing. I mean, literally, you cannot see it when it was in and out of the mesh point. What in God's name? Oh, my God. Didn't he work here for a long time at CBS or something? He was, he'd was he been around forever. He did. He worked at CBS. Anyway, so what's going to happen with that guy? Do you think he'll survive that? Or do you think they'll... Uh, do you think Probably they'll, not. No? So they'll suspend him and then they'll, they'll, they'll let him keep going? Or do you think they'll fire him? I guess it's going to depend on the next 24 to 48 hours, right? Wow, that's crazy. That's crazy, right? And so when did that all come about? Today? That's when that happened? Happened today. 
Yeah, I was thinking of the guy from back in the day at CBS, uh, the, that guy, the old guy. I was like, how is that guy doing Niners football now? He was old. Like, that guy was back in the 70s and 80s, wasn't he? This is a completely different guy. This guy, what did this guy play Former football? Former defensive lineman. He, he did, played did, football? He did, worked at Fox for a while as a game analyst. Is that right? After He played for the Bears in the early 90s. Right. So two different guys, right? Played at USC. Yeah, played for the Bears from 90 to 93 before starting his commentary and went on uh, KMBR and, and said these things. That didn't go well. That's crazy. That got, uh, that got national attention today, didn't it? That's crazy. Anyway, 855-212-4227 to get on the bench. I'm sure, uh, I'll bet at that, I'll bet out there they're not talking about it on the radio. I bet they ran, those bosses ran and told them, don't anybody say anything, right? That's what they do, the program director. Don't say a word about it. It happened on our air. We need to, we need to stop. There's legal implications. We're going to get sued if you say anything about this guy doing that on our air. That racist Randy did. We can't have it. So everyone else shut up. You know how they handled that. That's unbelievable. So how about, what did you think of the uh, USC keeping Helton? Like that guy, that guy's the luckiest guy on earth, right? I think you just got to go to like what Jerry Hinnon said last night. I mean, who are you hiring? Like if you're not getting Urban Meyer, who are you hiring? What do you want to bring in? Who's available? Right, so they hire Willie Taggart. I, I mean, well, that guy wants to go back to well, U.S. Of course he does, because nobody. Where else is he going to go? Nobody wants he him. He bolts Oregon after a year to go to Florida State, so it, you know that's bad enough. But he made millions at the. Oh, he's loaded. I mean, there's no doubt about that. He got loaded, his buyout was huge. But who you might? Of course, he's going to crawl back to USC. Who's hiring? Are you at USF? Who's hiring him now? No one. But let me ask you, um, Helton spent like the whole year. All they talked about was him. He was getting fired in, in game one. <laughs> Early September, he was getting fired. Every week, they were going to fire that guy. Am I wrong? They were going to fire him every week. If, if they did anything wrong at all, they blamed Helton for everything. He was getting fired, and Urban Meyer was getting that job. And not only that, we thought Urban Meyer was getting that job. So why is that? Why is that that Urban Meyer doesn't want that job? He's got the cushy TV job. Yes, he likes sitting on that set every Saturday just doing that. I mean, that's getting paid good money. It's gravy. No stress. He will coach again. Well, now that he's not going to USC, could you see him going he, to Michigan? He could, he'll never go to – no, he's not going to go to Michigan. Why not? Because. Because he hates him? Two reasons. One, Jim Har- they're not firing Jim Harbaugh. Could Jim Harbaugh leave for an NFL job? I don't know. Maybe he wants to run out of there. That would be a pretty bad job by him to run out of there without winning a thing ever, not even a Big Ten title. But I, I just – you were at Ohio State for so long. You're beloved in Columbus. Can't go to Michigan. You can't do it. It's just like but, it's just like remember the Florida State AD a couple months ago, who when uh, right or whatever it was when they the Tiger got fired. Where even if it was a little before, he's like, I can't bring Urban Meyer here. The guy coached in Florida. I can't bring him to Florida State. <laughs> like it's just there's some things you just you just you can't know, do. Do you think that uh, that you know? Um, you know, he obviously can go anywhere he wants. And, and I mean, obviously, but Harbaugh, the question is about him. He's never won anything, 
But my question is, will he ever win anything? Because he's never come close to winning anything. I'm starting to think he's never going to win anything there. He's just going to coach and win a bunch of meaningless games against Indiana and whoever, Rutgers. He doesn't win big games. Is he going to try to think that maybe, like, Day obviously monster year with Ohio State, his first year as the head coach. But the one thing that you do have to recognize is, is that he's having this monster year at Ohio State with Urban Meyer's players. Okay, he still has, you know, he's going through his first or second real recruiting cycle, you know, coming up this offseason. So the guys that he's bringing in have not started to play yet. All these guys that are stars for Ohio State um, were Urban Meyer. They were Urban Urban Meyer. Meyer But now does they have a hand in that? Of course he does. He was the OC. He had obviously a big hand in recruiting kids. But maybe Jim waits it out thinking that maybe Day's not a great recruiter. Who knows? And that eventually the – Things will go south for him because he's winning with Urban Meyer's recruits this year. Why, you think uh, Urban Meyer will go back there? No, 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 no. I'm just saying in terms of Harbaugh, why he wouldn't leave Michigan. Maybe he thinks. Oh, that he'll catch him. Eventually he'll catch up to him. That this will phase out and he'll be able to beat him. Maybe the players won't be as good without (laughs) Urban Meyer there. But but that's a great reasoning. I'll give you that. But would you say that – the way they've been over against Ohio State, that you, could, that you could actually ever see him beating them? He can't leave there without beating them once. <laughs> he just can't. What if he goes the entire time he's there and never beats them because he can't? Because they kick their ass every single year. Like, it's automatic. Here's what I know. Thanksgiving and Michigan loses to Ohio State. It's every year. It is so bad now. It's, like, not even funny. It's almost like... Uh, it's almost like that Alabama game against, like, Western Carolina every year. It has I mean, been that non-competitive. That's basically what it's become, just an automatic win. It's just an – you know what? I got to tell you, too, the rivalry is over. They're, I mean, you can say all you want about that rivalry, and they try to sell that up. Fox had the game. You got Michigan running out of the tunnel, hitting the hitting the flag. And they're all – it's the same thing every year. Go blue. Yeah, I go to the horseshoe next year. Oh, uh, yeah, go blue. And, you know, there's all their, you know, BS. And then all their national media guys and women that have gone there, they all are always like, I still love the maize and blue. No, you don't. Not when you get spanked and called Charlie every year by Ohio State. I wouldn't tell anybody I went to school there. I mean, honestly, they never win. They never win. Hate me all you want in Ann Arbor. You can't beat Ohio State. Don't blame me that you suck. It's not my fault that you suck. In fact, I wanted you to beat them. I I grew up. I was conceived in Ann Arbor. I'm not kidding. My mom and dad went to Michigan. Boom. That's where I got, you know, the whole Pharrell thing came out right there. It all happened right there on a snowy night in a bottle of Belvedere. I always root for Michigan. And they never win. I even told 34C. She's like, what are you doing? I'm, I'm down there screaming for Michigan when they scored first, right? And then she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, go blue. And she's like, what does that mean? And I'm like, oh, Michigan-Ohio State is the biggest rivalry in the history of college football every year. It's the greatest game ever. Until 10 minutes later and they're down 30. I mean, man, are you guys pathetic against Ohio State. That's just all there is to it. 855-212. Four CBS to get on the bench. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 